You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark King. For this very show, I also write for grizzlybearblues.com. You can check out all my writing over there, uh, some features, columns, game recaps, all kinds of stuff. But there's also a lot of other good writers over there besides myself. So uh, if you haven't already been there, uh, go over there, grizzlybearblues.com. Also, if you're not already follow, following the show, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnGrizz. Follow me on Twitter at King underscore producer. That's where we will continue the conversation after the show. I uh, had a big day in the NBA on Thursday. Kristaps uh, Porzingis gets moved to the Dallas Mavericks. We'll talk about that and how that impacts the Grizzlies and possible trade partners. We have one question that got submitted uh, a couple days ago, I believe. We'll get to that question through email. Uh, and, and then lastly, we'll talk about this Charlotte Hornets game as the Grizzlies take on the Charlotte Hornets on Friday night. Uh, all that and more on this very, very first episode on of uh, February for Lockdown Grizzlies. First, Christos Porzingis uh, shook the NBA up today. He uh, actually, I think, requested, I don't know if he requested a trade, but he had a meeting with the Knicks, and they felt like uh, he wanted to be traded, but uh, he gets traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Christos Porzingis, Courtney Lee, and Tim Hardaway Jr. get traded for DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and a first-rounder. I think I've seen it also include a second uh, another first rounder, um, you know, that that's when I first saw this trade come out, I just, I didn't, there was no, there was no draft ass or draft picks attached to it. And I thought, first off, that is a win all day long for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they obviously get Kristaps uh, Porzingis, who's an absolute stud and Tim Hardaway Jr. Who's a good player. Uh, Courtney Lee is also a good player in his own right. Um, and then the Knicks, all, all they get is cap relief. So you'll, you'll see DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews most likely get bought out um, and, and they'll enter the buyout market. Two very good players uh, who are going to get consideration for uh, from other teams uh, in short-term deals or maybe even long-term deals. But um, you'll probably see those guys get bought out. They have until March the 1st, or they had to sign before March the 1st with another team uh, to be able, able to play in the playoffs. So for postseason play, those guys will have to get bought out and re-signed with another team by March the 1st. Um, let's talk about how this impacts the Grizzlies. First of all, um, it takes two teams off the off the market right away, uh, the, the Mavs and the Knicks. I never thought the Knicks were probably really even interested in either Mark or Mike, but uh, it, it immediately takes him off the market because they are looking to obviously shed salary. Um, once they, If they were able to shed that salary, they're able to fit in two superstars, a max contracts, if you will, whether that's a superstar or not. They'll be able to fit two max contracts in the summer, and that's the what that's the reason they did it. So unlikely the Knicks were going to be a trade partner anyway. The Mavs, though, were one um, that I kind of I think you could have traded Mark or Mike, uh, most likely Mike, and we we've been through that very trade on this show with multiple people. How you could trade Mike and possibly uh, get Dennis Smith Jr. He was obviously on the block. Um, that's no longer that's no longer an option. Um, so it immediately takes two teams, uh, one maybe that was not in the mix, but one do you think was probably definitely was, takes those teams out of the mix right away. So those teams are, are eliminated from from really, uh, I mean, technically 
they could still do it, but they're just not going to. They're they're uh, obviously getting better. The Mavs are trying to get better right away. Um, so they're not going to do a deal for Mark or Mike. And then you look at look at it more closely. You have DeAndre Jordan uh, and Wes Matthews if they get on the buyout market. DeAndre Jordan is a center uh, comparable to Mark Gasol. I mean, maybe he might even be better uh, at this point. So whatever you think of DeAndre Jordan, I'd probably think he's probably comparable to Mark Gasol. They do some things differently, um, but I think very comparable. So you have a, a center who's on the market that teams can just sign. They don't have to give anything up for them. And so what that 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 is the biggest thing. If you if you see DeAndre Jordan get bought out, that's you know, especially before the trade deadline, um, then that's really kind of when you have to worry because that really affects Marcus Hall's value even more. Because but whatever whatever uh, trade partners you thought there might have been. Um, they can look at possibly now DeAndre Jordan's not going to sign for a minimum deal. So they've got to have the cat space to do this as well. So that you have to take that into consideration, but there might be some teams that might be able to either make smaller deals, um, or maybe wave people or whatever, uh, to be able to make, to get DeAndre Jordan to fit into the roster and not really having to get up any, any major assets or having to give up, uh, young players or things like that. So they could try, you know, you could see teams do secondary deals to free up money and roster spots to fit DeAndre Jordan on, on their team. Same thing for Wes Matthews. Uh, there are teams that, you know, Wes Matthews obviously is different than Mike Conley. He's not a point guard. Uh, he's a wing, uh, you know, so, but but in 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 the idea that there are other teams looking for those type of players that can score the ball, um, he obviously it, it degrades the chance of Mike Conley on some of these teams. Mike Conley being a trade chip on some of these teams. So um, that right there, in and of itself, not only does it eliminate two teams, but also eliminates some teams possibly if you have DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews out there on the buyout market who are free agents who can sign with anybody and you have teams who don't have to give anything up to get those guys, they, you know, they can just sign with them. Or if you have a team that, um, that has to do secondary deals for some of their pieces or just wave people or just free up money and roster space to be able to sign those, but they don't have to give up young players. What like the Grizzlies might be asking for. That's a, that's a totally different game. So it affects the Grizzlies chances in that way as well. So keep an eye on those guys. If they get bought out, that's something to definitely keep an eye on, especially Deandre Jordan, West Matthews, not so much, but definitely DeAndre Jordan, if he gets bought out, that's something that uh, will affect the Grizzlies' chances in trading Mark away. Uh, so that what, what what teams does that leave the Grizzlies' trade partners for Mike and Mark, if any? Um, I, I, I probably nailed it down to, to four. I had probably nailed it down to three. There might be more, but this is just kind of what I think. Uh, the Jazz for Mike Conley, I think that makes the most sense. They just got beat again. Um, if they definitely want to go all in, they 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 need someone like Mike. Um, for the Grizzlies, if I were the Grizzlies, I wouldn't accept anything less than Rubio, Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, Dante Exum, and a first a first round pick for Mike. Um, whether that first round picks it could be whatever, um, and you could even probably even you might not get that pick without protections on it, but. That is what I would accept. And they're probably going to, they would probably throw 
Um, maybe even just Rubio and favors in a first, but I would I would demand a, a young player. And you know, Dante Exum, he's not like it's not like he's a crazy good player. He's been in the league for a while now. He's had injury injury concerns. Um, but that's the type of young player that you're going to get for Mike and Mark. You're not going to get someone who's already established and they're young and they're on a good tra- good contract. You can't have it all for these guys, and you're not going to get all that for these guys. You're going to get someone that is good-ish or is, um, you know, maybe falling out of favor with the team but has some upside. Uh, that's the type of young player you're going to get that, that might turn into something. And if you're going into rebuild mode, you have the opportunity to give those players minutes. And you have the opportunity to see what those those guys are going to be long-term. Uh, whether some of these guys, maybe a Bridges or a Malik Monk or someone else or or Dante Exum, they might not be getting the minutes or the shot selection or whatever, they, whatever you want to call it on their other teams. You come to a team that's rebuilding and you're able to get those minutes you're able to get time you're able to get shots for those guys and really see what you have whether they pan out or not it's a totally different story because i don't think you're going to get it an established young play from mike and mark that's just too much uh the other team you could look at would be the charlotte hornets this would be a mark trade we've talked about this trade before like uh and also the the jazz trade it wouldn't be for just mike obviously for uh, money reasons i think you'd have to put in someone else some filler to make that work maybe an uh, omri caspi or um I wouldn't put Garrett Temple to Garrett Temple in there. I think you can still um, get value for Garrett Temple and Jamaka Green on their own. Uh, but as far as the Hornets go, you'd be looking at Mark and some also type of filler, Caspi, Mac, uh, and the, the crux of it would be Biombo Monk. Or if you were able to fit Mark Caspi Mac and Biombo Monk, and they could probably get away with giving you Frank Kaminsky as well. Malik Monk, I think, is a good player. Uh, he'll shoot the ball. Frank Kaminsky. Um, that he's not even, I don't even think he's really even playing anymore. Didn't play in the last game against the Grizzlies. So, um, you know, you, you, you might have that type of, uh, player who's on the bench who played a lot before and then kind of fell out of favor. And now you might be able to see what, he, you know, change of scenery, change of scenery in the NBA is a real thing. And so it really does wonders for some people. So you never know, uh, different systems work for different people. So, the Hornets would be the other person, other team I would, I would, I would spy from Mark. I also saw a report from uh, out near Portland, which they said that uh, the uh, the Blazers are going to make an aggressive offer uh, from Mark Gasol. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what an aggressive offer is. I did text some guys that I know out in Portland, um, and, and it would take some type of like uh, Mo Harkless, uh, Myers Leonard uh, type of deal uh, to get to get Mark over there. Uh, plus I, I think, I think if you're, your Grizzlies, I think you ask for Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> I think, I don't know if they give him up, but I think you definitely ask uh, for sure. I think that's where you start. Uh, if you're the Grizzlies, uh, you start with trying to get Yusuf Nurkic out of there and some type of bad contract, you know, Myers Leonard or Mo Harkless or whatever, whatever they want to do, whatever the, their choice of bad contract, you don't care. Uh, but you think you start the crux of that of Yusuf Nurkic. And I don't, I don't, those guys, uh, Portland guys that don't think that that's probably a possibility. Uh, but that, that Portland report came out. I think I saw that yesterday that, that they had an aggressive offer. Now I have no idea what that means. Um, but who knows? It, it, there, that could be a, a, a wide variety of things from the Blazers' side. 
Uh, and the only other thing I think makes sense for Mike would be Indiana, and that really depends on what Indiana is going to do. Uh, you could they would have to offer it would be somewhere structured around Tyreek and Darren Collison uh, for Mike, or you'd have to ask for like a first, or I would even ask for uh, uh, Sabonis. I don't know if you're going to get him. Uh, that's one of those also those things like Nurkic. I think you start there. Um, I think those are both very good players, very young players. I think you start there. I don't know if you get them, but I think you start there and you have to have at least uh, in the Indiana thing, you have, Indiana deal, you got to have at least a first or there's some some other type of player that's actually good in that trade. Um, those are some teams that I think they're still left out there that you could potentially look at being partners for Mike and Mark deals. Now, as this grows closer, you know, just it makes you a little bit more uncomfortable. I would have liked to see them pull the trigger, you know, right now or maybe over the weekend to give them some a few more days to get those secondary deals done for J. Michael Green and Garrett Temple. But we're talking about the Grizzlies here. We're talking about a front office that we don't even really know who's going to make those decisions. We don't really know who's pulling the trigger on the trade. So it's it's impossible to tell just from from my side of things and talking about this and being around the team. It's impossible for us to tell. Um, you know, what, what the sense of it, what they want to do there. I mean, you have a front office again, you don't, we don't know who's making those decisions and a front office who has been silent on all of this stuff. Even since the Mark and Mike stuff has been made public, they have not, uh, they have not returned, uh, answers for questions or they have not, they have not been made available, uh, to answer questions. Uh, the front office staff, Chris Wallace, any of those guys, uh, they've been asked for, uh, comments on questions and asked to be made available. They were, they, they, they denied that. Uh, so, uh, they, they actually said that they won't be making those guys available to after the trade deadline. Um, so again, you know, you just, you just don't know what's going on. You have a team. They just really don't know what's happening behind the scenes and you don't even really know what they want to do. I mean, yes, it was made public. That they were shopping Mark and Mark, but you don't really know who's making that decision. You don't really know what the vision is long-term for this, for this team. And that's, I think that's the in- inherent problem is you have a front office that, doesn't really know what's going on maybe from the from the from the owner um it doesn't maybe know what's going on internally doesn't really have a vision long term what they're trying to do and so that is really where you get uh get into a problem with this team when you get into a position where you have no vision and long term plan you know you really could just be meandering about in the nba ter- you know in the nba desert of terrible teams for quite some time and that's not what you want to do you don't want to waste Jaron Jackson Jr.'s quality years meandering through this uh, this desert. I mean, if you look at that, could be you could turn into the Pelicans real quick, and you look up and Jaron Jackson's demanding a trade, and then then you're then you're really screwed. Um, so the Grizzlies need to fix it over the next couple of years. It's going to take a couple of years to to turn it around at least somewhat if they do go into a full rebuild. But they need to focus on trying to get young players and some kind of some type of assets that they can turn into good young players as well to put around Jaron just to at least see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, coming up next, we'll answer the question from uh, a, uh, a subscriber that emailed in. We'll answer that question. And then in the third segment, we'll talk a little bit about this Hornets Grizzly game. Stay with me. For those of you who don't know what to do for a real job, like to actually make money, I know I cover the Grizzlies for grizzlybearblues.com. I write about them. I do this show every single day, and I love all that. That's not what actually I make money from. I'm actually a videographer, and, and I own a company called 85 Creative. We do all types of video work from uh, weddings to special events to 
commercial work to video marketing to uh, small business uh, productions to social media content, literally everything you can think of that contains a video, uh, we've done those type of videos. So if you need a video for your small business, if you know someone's getting married, uh, needs a wedding cinematographer, anybody that needs video work at all, let us know. We can do a video for you. 85creative.com. That's 85 creative, all one word, all lowercase, just spell out 85, 85creative.com. Go to there, check out all the work that we've done. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We can make a video for you. Just get in touch with me. Welcome back to the show. I appreciate everyone obviously going getting their questions in on Monday for the Monday mailbag. This question came in after the fact, so I'll still answer it. I'm not sure if it's time sensitive or not. That's usually my rule, but uh, that's okay. We will, we'll, um, We'll, we'll answer it anyway. Uh, the question is about Javon Carter. Uh, this comes from William Mann. Uh, he says he lives about 30 miles away from Morgantown, West Virginia. Obviously a big Jav- Javon Carter fan. Biggest concern question comes with the fact that Javon quits quality minutes and win against Indiana, then zero minutes against Denver. He goes from the good luck charm, a plus five, holding, helping to hold a lead while he plays in one game, to no chance to help his team in the next. Did any of the bench play that much that much better either in shots made or, or defensively than did Javon against Indiana. Um, there's a couple questions in there. He obviously asked what is biggest ever afraid of that Javon might develop too quickly. You know, Bill, um, to answer your question in the short answer is I have no idea. The short answer is, is the rotations are, a mystery to me as much as they are to you and they're a mystery to everyone that covers this team. It's something like we literally talk about media members that are there before press conferences. Sometimes as we're walking through the tunnels, like it's just conversations as we're waiting on getting a locker room, like what, you know, what happened tonight? Like, we don't know. Like, this is so weird. Like, or man, this is, I don't understand it. You know, th- th- these conversations happen between myself and other media members. And trust me, um, I don't know. Um, and neither does anybody else. Uh, JB has this weird affinity for like, just, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why he thinks that playing a player is going to, um, it's the same thing kind of with Jaron Jackson is why playing a player is going to, uh, make him regress in some way. Um, you know, I, I'm of the mind, you just put him out there I mean, you need to get as many, uh, touches and shots and minutes on the ball in a professional environment as you can against good, high quality players. And that's what Javon needs to do as well. And obviously Javon needs to develop his outside, his outside game. He obviously need to, needs to develop his offensive game completely. Um, he, he's not great on the ball right now as, as a offensive point guard, you know, his defense is there. He's, he's great on defense, but in, in, you know, there are very few players in this league that can be good at one thing. Obviously, we're, you know, Tony Allen is a fan favorite, um, but Tony was still good at slashing. He was still good at cutting. Uh, he was still good at getting, you know, getting in the creases of the offense and getting open for those shots. Uh, he was a terrible three-point shooter, and that's okay, but he was still able to do those offensive things that, that it, wasn't, it wasn't so terrible out there that you just you couldn't play him. You know, he was still able to do some things here and there on offense that was able to to, uh, justify him being out there for the defense. And that's what Javon's got to do as well. Javon's got, he's got to um, be better offensively, whether that's shooting the ball from the three, whether that's uh, getting, you know, cutting, you know, all those things. And that's also hard to do when you're the point guard. So um, it's hard to be a slasher cutter when you're the point guard and you're on the ball most of the time as well. So his big thing will have to be continued to improve on three-point shooting. We also need to improve getting to the bucket from, um, 
from around the screen. So just getting in, getting into the teeth of defense, getting into the lane, whether he's finishing there in the lane and, and, and finishing the shot or passing out to a three-point shooter who's open now that the defense has kind of drawn into him as he's been in the lane. So I think that he deserves the minutes. Uh, because right now, what's the downside? It's kind of what I say about Ivan Rab and and Jaron and all the young guys. What's the downside? Is you going to lose? So, well, you don't, you've already done that, and you've already done that a lot. So nothing. It's not going to get worse from here on out. You've won. You've lost so many now. It's not going to magically get worse. So yes, he does deserve the minutes. Why he doesn't get them, I don't know. Uh, but he deserves them. Ivan Rab deserves them. Justin, Justin, excuse me, Jaron Jackson deserves them. All those guys, all those young kids. You know, we just you just got to see what you got, and it's it's better to see what you got. Obviously, when you're bad, obviously, but it's also better to see what you got early on, so you know. Well, a if you don't like what you see or you, you don't get the results that you see, a are we going to be able to develop what we need him to be? Are we going to be able to fix whatever we need to fix to get him to where we need to be, or is he going to develop on his own to where we need him to be? If not, all those questions are no or all those answers are no to those questions, then you can ha- you you have that in your mind and you know, okay, if someone comes in and says, oh, to make this deal, you got to give me Javon Carter. And you go, okay, that's fine. We're okay with that because we know what we have. And you might you might think it's something different, but trust me, we've seen him a lot. We've seen him in game time. We've seen him uh, against good, good uh, defenders. And trust me, he's not what you think he is, but that's okay because we know that and you don't. And we'll give them to him easily. So that's why it's important for the Grizzlies to get quality minutes for these young guys early on, just so you can know what you got. Especially with someone like Ivan Rabb, it's better to know now. Obviously, he's an option this summer. So, But those guys, yes, they deserve the minutes. Why they don't get them, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can think is that you know his offensive game is, is leaving a lot to be desired for the coaching staff. Um, that's the only thing I can kind of point to that they might not like and he, he they might want him to improve upon but uh, you know there's no there's nothing that's there's no downside in playing him at this point because you're already losing so i hope that answers your question bill i appreciate the uh i appreciate the question and that was in submitted via email at lockdowngrizz at gmail.com if you guys have a question you can submit it submit it there as well coming up in the next segment we'll talk about this charlotte hornets game tonight or coming up tonight on friday night welcome back to the show Grizzlies take on the Charlotte Hornets uh, tonight on Friday. They uh, they actually already played the Hornets uh, just not too long ago. Uh, a few games ago, they lost to the Hornets 118-107. That was one of those uh, games inside that eighth-game losing streak. Uh, they're already on a two-game losing streak again, coming off the loss to the Timberwolves. But they'll be at Charlotte tonight. Uh, they've already made a, a list of the... Uh, Grizzlies PR has already put out a list of questionable people. Mike Conley is questionable. Jaron Jackson Jr. is questionable. Garrett Temple is doubtful. Dylan Brooks is out. Armin Caspi is out. Um, so those those guys are already either questionable or out. I would be surprised if Mike and Jaron don't play. That's probably just precautionary, but we'll know uh, more. I, as I record this Thursday night, we'll know more probably during the day tomorrow. Um, but the Grizzlies take on the Charlotte Hornets. In that last game that they took on, uh, the last game that they lost to the Hornets at at Memphis, when Charlotte came to play not too long ago, um, the Grizzlies just were were not were not good on defense. Uh, they just really weren't. They let uh, four of their starters uh, get double figures, and then they had uh, you know Tony Parker well, Tony Parker go off for seventeen um, seventeen 
off the bench for the Hornets. Kimball Walker had 22 points, 7 assists. Jamie Ladd, 17 points. Um, Marvin Williams had 11 points. Um, you know, just just not good enough on defense. And, and the Grizzlies had a and, – and that's where the Grizzlies have an awesome game from Mike Conley, 31 points from him. Decent game from Marcus Gasol, uh, 22 points, an amazing game from him from the rebound perspective and 17 rebounds. Um, actually, that was the triple-double game. Yes, I remember that now. Sorry. That was a triple-double game, an amazing game from Mark. Not an average game. 22, 17, and 10. Um, and Mike Conley, 31 points, an assist, a couple rebounds. Uh, still a good game from him. Uh, and really, that game should they should have won that game. I mean, you you can't waste a game like that from Mark. You should have won. Uh, Garrett Temple wasn't very good. I think it's the game he got hurt in as well. Um, Jaron Jackson was decent. Jamal Green was good. But beyond that, no one from the bench, uh, no one from the bench played well. And that's really what it's been boiling down to. A lot of these games, more likely than not, they're getting outscored by 15, 30 points off the bench. Uh, Sheva Mack, Omri Caspi, and Javon Carter all combined for six points. No, excuse me, 10 points, which is not much better. But 10 points between three players off your bench uh, in about uh, 32 minutes of play is not going to get you anywhere. And so the Grizzlies are going to have to find a way to be better um, in the backup with the backup unit, be better against their backups. That's really what it boils down to. But I don't see it happening. They've got some pretty good backups. Malik Monk was good. Uh, Hernan Gomez was good. Obviously, Tony Parker off the bench, 17 points, was very good. Uh, you know, they, they have a, they have players that can score the ball, and the Grizzlies don't. It's like, Honestly, that's what it just boils down to. Like, they, they have people who can score the ball. And the Grizzlies don't off the bench, and, and you know, once Mark and Mark, once Mike and Mark go out of the game, and it's like just bench players. That's that's when the Grizzlies struggle so bad, um, and they're not even gonna have uh, the the two players that had you know um, nine points. The are Omri and Garrett. They're not even gonna have. They're not even gonna have available. Uh, so, you know, you, you get into a situation now where. Uh, yes, Bruno's going to be available. He's going to play, so he'll he'll take he'll soak up those Omri Caspi minutes. Obviously, Shelvin Mack will be there. Uh, but I'll be interested to see if Ivan Rab and Javon Carter play. This is a game that Javon only got four only got four minutes last time. Ivan Rab got a minute and thirty, just some mop up duty. But after that game against the Timberwolves, Ivan Rab deserves the minutes. He played twenty two minutes the other night. Um, Ivan Rab deserves the minutes. So uh, in, something interesting to note that who wasn't on that. Uh, injury report for Friday was Jamaica Green. He has been injured the past couple games, hasn't played well. Uh, so that was interesting to, see, interesting to see. He's not on the injury report. So you can expect him to be available tomorrow, I assume. And how that affects Ivan Rab's minutes will be interesting to see because Ivan, I would I would rather play Ivan Rab over Jamaica Green at this point, especially if you're going to trade Jamaica Green. Like I said on the in the last segment, uh, you just got to see what you got to have. You just got to see what you have in these young guys. It's the point now where it doesn't matter if you're losing because you're already gonna lose. But you have to put these young guys in in a situation where they can be challenged against other players who are really good at basketball. It's just that simple. And just see what you have in, in Javon and Ivan and continue to play Jaron. Jaron has played 30, 35 minutes a night. Obviously, I don't think that'll happen because it hasn't happened yet. But we will see um, We'll see what happens on uh, in the game against the Hornets. Again, the Grizzlies tip off 7 o'clock. Hornets uh, in Charlotte uh, for this game. They lost 118-107 last time. That game was in Memphis. So we will see what they uh, were able to do against the Hornets this time. I don't expect a win, but again, the Grizzlies always seem to surprise us. So 
Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes so you get those automatic downloads every single day. We had a great month for the show this month. Had almost 12,000 downloads, so I really appreciate everyone subscribing, everyone sharing, um, and, and listening to the podcast. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, we had some great guests this month. I think that's something we'll continue to do. People people have reached out and, and said they really like the fact that we have a bunch of different guests on, so I'll continue to try to do that. I'm not sure we'll have next week, but I'm trying to line a few things up with a couple of national guys as well next week. Speaking of guests, David Cobb was supposed to join us tonight. Um, I, I realized that we, we promoted that, but he had some stuff to get to last minute. And so we'll get him on the show next week. Uh, so he, he apologizes, but yeah, it was supposed to, it was last minute. Um, and that's totally cool. Cause we can have him on any time of the week. He's a, he's a good guy and we'll, and can, we'll come on uh, whenever we need him to usually. So, uh, again, make sure you subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. If you want to be a feature sponsor on this show, email me locked on at gmail.com. Like I said, almost 12,000 downloads this month. It would be a, a, a great spot for your uh, for your sponsorship to promote your business on this show, lockdowngrizz at gmail.com. Email me, we'll work it out. Again, if you don't know where to go to subscribe, just go to lockdowngrizz.com. 